If you'd open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7, we'll be looking at verses 7 through 11. It's a section of the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus directs our attention to prayer. It's interesting here, this is our first Sunday in 2021. You may not know this, but 141 years ago this month, a patent was filed for a product that we all use, and we can't imagine life without it. 141 years ago was in the 1880, and that was the year that Thomas Edison filed a patent for the light bulb. And the story of his plight in discovering that light bulb is, is well known. Thomas Edison and his lab associates conducted thousands of experiments to develop the light bulb. Their greatest challenge was coming up with a filament that was both cost-effective and would illuminate for a length of time. It's recorded that they tested lots of materials, including over 6,000 types of plant growths, looking for the best substance. Ed Edison later wrote, I was never myself discouraged or inclined to be hopeless of success. I cannot say that for all of my associates. Our greatest weakness lies in giving up. The most certain way to succeed is to always to try just one more time. Well, it's recorded that Edison's experiments resulted in finding carbonized cotton thread as a filament, and that patent was filed this month, January 27th in 1880. Think of all those experiments, all those tries and failures. I can identify with the associates who had become discouraged. Who wouldn't be? Tempted to give up after thousands of failed experiments. Well, this morning, we're going to look at an area of the Christian life that we can often more resemble Edison's associates than the persistent Edison. And that area is prayer. Prayer is an area where all Christians are tempted at time to give up, where we can feel that we've had many failed attempts and often fight discouragement over unanswered prayer. This morning we want to look at what Jesus says in a short section from the Sermon on the Mount where he addresses prayer. Let's read it together and see how Jesus encourages us to pray and to not give up. Unlike Edison's direction to his associates, Jesus is encouraging us to focus on something different from, than just discipline alone. Jesus directs us to look outside of ourselves and be encouraged by what this passage says about God. God who invites us to come to prayer. God who makes promises concerning our prayer and God who answers our prayer. The main idea I'd like for you to walk away with today from this message is this. Pray and keep on praying because God will hear and answer every prayer. Pray and keep on praying because God will hear and answer every prayer. Aware of my need, please go with me in prayer to the Lord as we begin. Father, 
we come in prayer, and as I have the privilege to bring forth a message from your word on prayer, I ask your grace. Father, even as we sang, we're aware of our failures, but your mercy is more. So Father, I ask your grace to be able to communicate your word clearly and effectively. And Lord, we pray as a church that this year, 2021, would see us grow in our practice of prayer, personally and corporately. In your holy name we pray, amen. Let's go to the word together. Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 11. It says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks it will be opened. Or which of you... If his son asks him for bread, we'll give him a stone. Or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a serpent. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good gifts, good things, to those who ask him? This morning I'm going to look at those passages under three different points. The first point is this, an invitation from God. The second point is the promises from God. And the third point is the answers from God. So let's begin with the first one, an invitation from God. Take it from verse 7. Ask, and what? It will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. You see, inherent in this command, and it is a command to ask, to seek, to knock. It is a command. But inherent in this command for us to pray is the invitation to come. Hear the Lord inviting you. When he says ask, he's inviting you to come and ask, to seek. Come, seek me. Come, knock. Hear the invitation and the asking and the seeking and the knocking. These are an expression of prayer. And this is an invitation that he is giving to his children. Let's consider this a moment. God, the creator of the universe, the creator of you and I, is inviting us to come and spend time with him in prayer. Not listening to him, but him listening to us. What a marvelous invitation. When we read this passage, the first step is to focus on what the passage is instructing us to do, and we should do that. It's instructing us to pray, certainly. But as we look carefully, it's also giving us reasons to pray. We can read this passage and only see the instruction and miss the invitation that our Father holds out to those who come to him in prayer. Are we to pray? Is this passage instructing us that way? Absolutely. It's the command of the text. Are we to pray and not give up? Absolutely. But all too often we can focus on what the passage is saying about us and miss what the passage says about God. You see, it reveals aspects of God's care towards us, seen in this invitation to come to him in prayer. Our Heavenly Father graciously invites us to come in prayer. And prayer is expressed in these commands of ask and seek 
and knock. And they're not just suggestions, they are commands. The verbs communicate more than just a single request. In other words, as we look at the original language, it would be, or could be, translated this way, to ask and keep on asking, to seek and keep on seeking, to knock and keep on knocking. You see, God's invitation to us is continual. Ask, keep on asking. Do you see the heart of God in that? I know as a young father, as I would, we'd go on trips and the kids are in the back seat. And how many times do you hear, Daddy, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Well, in my impatience, no, we're not. And quit asking. What does God say? Ask. Keep on asking. Keep on coming. Keep on. Whatever your request is, whatever you want to, keep asking. You see, that's the invitation from God. That's what we have. And he uses this language of ask and seek and knock. But they're all expressions of prayer. And we can identify with those. When we can simply ask our Heavenly Father something as we feel he is close, his presence with us, ask. But there are times where we're under trial or duress and God doesn't seem close. So what? Let's seek him. Seek him. And he will be found. And there are times when we can feel so separated from God that we need to figuratively knock. Knock to find and experience his presence. See, whatever the situation in life we find ourselves in, we're called to be persistent in prayer because regardless of what we feel, he's always there. He is always available to us. But when we read this passage, how can we be tempted to hear it? In other words, is this passage saying that we need to pray more for God to respond to our prayers? No. Again, see what it says about God. He's focusing our attention on the continual availability of God the Father to his children. Do you see how God invites his children to come at any time to ask over and over again, never tiring of hearing the same requests? Well, are we tempted to hear that this is saying that I need to be more persistent in my prayer for God to know what I need and to know how important it is to me? No. See what it says about God. God is focusing on his love for us. See, in the invitation to lay every need before him, to see that it's his desire to be with us, to develop relationship with us through prayer. God knows what we need. Matthew 6, 8 says this, For your Father knows what you need before you ask him. So why does he say, ask, seek, knock? Why does he encourage us? Why does he invite us? Because through prayer, we get to know God. We get to experience him. And that's his desire. You can see that expression of his love. What a wonderful invitation this is. You may know that I'm a Dallas Cowboys football fan. And my favorite player was a quarterback that played for the team between 1969 and 1980. 
His name was Roger Staubach. He's quite a celebrity to me. In 1972, during Charlotte and I's second year of marriage, we were visiting rel uh, friends in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and about halfway through the evening, our friend said, oh, we had some new people move next door to us, the Staubachs. Would you like to go meet them? And I just thought I was beside myself. What an invitation that is. I couldn't wait, could not wait to get over there. Knock on the door. And Mr. Staubach was so gracious. He welcomed us in. He introduced us to his whole family. He was gracious. He was someone, someone special. I wasn't. But he made us feel like someone special. And when I think of that invitation, that's high on my list. But the reality, church, we have a more special invitation that God gives us every moment of every day to come into his presence, the creator of the universe, the greatest celebrity of all history. Let's see the invitation for what it is. Let's see that as an encouragement to come in prayer. Let's look at our second point, the promises from God. As we look at verse 8, but let's go back and look at verse 7 with 8. Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, it will be opened. Did you hear the promises of God to the one who comes in prayer? There are six promises in these two verses. Let's look at them together. Ask, and it will be given to you. Promise. Seek, and you will find. Promise. Knock, and it will be opened to you, promise. For everyone who asks, receives, promise. For everyone who seeks, finds, promise. For every, the one who knocks, it will be opened, promise. There are genuine promises from God, promises of how he will respond to our prayers. Does this seem too good to be true? One of the commentators that I studied for this message it's Leon Morris and he says this here he is simply making emphatically the central point that prayer to a loving father is effective the point is not that human persistence wins out in the end but that the heavenly father who loves his children will certainly answer their prayer see are you tempted to think when I read that that's something your experience they must not be referring to me and my prayers. Can you really read this passage with these promises directed to you as a believer? Well, let's look back at the text. Who is the you referring to here? Each time in our passage here, each time the you is used, it's in a plural context which means it's directed to all the followers of Christ. See, God is calling his children to pray and promising 
that God will respond to every prayer from each of his children. So let's read it and put a plural you in that we don't really have in English. We have in Texas, but we don't have in English. So if we look at you being y'all, okay, let's see how that would come across. Ask, and it will be given to all y'all. Seek, and all y'all will find. Knock, and all y'all. It'll be opened to all y'all. That's, that's the context. In other words, what this is saying is, is it's inclusive language. If we look in verse 8, what does it say? It uses everyone. He responds to everyone who asks, who seeks, who, who knocks. You see, none of his children are excluded from this invitation and these promises. Your, you and your prayers are included here. You see, this passage is not focusing on a technique in praying, but at God. He wants us to see the trustworthiness of God and how God regards every prayer from his children. Jesus is not emphasizing persistence as a technique to get an answer to prayer, but focusing on the God who is being asked. And he's using the language of promise. Do you believe that God will answer your prayer? Do you believe that God is able? Well, let's look at God. Let's ensure that our God is the size of what the Word of God describes Him as. He is infinite. He has no beginning. He has no end. He has no limitations. We are finite. We have the limitations of humanity. But if we look at Isaiah 40, verse 12, it says, Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, or the oceans in the hollow of his hand? Who has marked off the heavens with a span, which is this length? And close the dust of the earth in a measure, and weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance. Look at the infinite. God that has invited us and that's promising to hear and answer our prayers. He's infinite. He's everywhere. We're located in space, but God is everywhere. We are never separated from God. We may feel separated from Him. We may feel His promises aren't true for us. We may feel distance, but that's not true because God is is everywhere. Psalm 139 verses 7 through 12, excuse me, through 10. Where shall I go from your spirit or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you're there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand will lead me and your right hand should hold me. He's infinite. He's everywhere. And he's all-powerful. There are no constraints to his decisions. He can do all his holy will decrees. We're limited to human strength and ability. When you feel that your prayer is asking the impossible, it is. But God does the impossible. God is 
powerful. Ephesians 3.20, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we can ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. And this God, our Father, invites us to come to him in prayer, to keep asking, come over and over, to keep knocking, to keep seeking, because we trust a God who calls us to pray. He will never tire of hearing us, of responding to us. He promises to respond, and he cannot fail to fulfill his promise, for he is God. So God invites us. And then in this text, he promises us. Now let's look at the answers from God. Verses 9 through 11. This section, let's read it together. Of which one of you, if a son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things? those who ask him. See, Jesus concludes his exhortation on prayer with an example. He contrasts the response of earthly fathers to his heavenly father. He is saying that even earthly fathers know how to give us what we ask for. The example is that if your son asks for food, bread or fish, their father will not deceive and trick him and give his son something that would be harmful or unwanted. How much more does your heavenly Father know what we need and also know how and when to give us what is best for us? Does God hear every prayer? Yes. Does God answer every prayer? Yes. Does that mean that we always receive what we ask for? When we ask for it? No. But this shows that God answers our prayers, that we will always receive in his answer what is best for us, when it is best for us. Let's look at the example of parents. As parents, as earthly parents, we would never be able to give our children all that they ask for, but even if we could, that wouldn't be best for them. We hear from our children what they want, and we can easily see what is good now and what might should be held until they mature further or what might not be good for them at all. How much more does your heavenly Father know how to give you good things? He invites you to come and ask, seek, knock. He promises to give you an answer. And in his promise, he promises that he gives us what is best for us. That's our Heavenly Father. Jesus, who gave us the Sermon on the Mount, as we read here, 
encouraged us, is encouraging us in persistent prayer. Encouraging persistent prayer to be part of our daily life. But from the Sermon on the Mount, less than three years later, Jesus went to another mount, and that mount was called Calvary. That same Jesus who challenges us to pray is the same Jesus who made it possible that we would have access to God in prayer. You see, through Jesus, through his sacrificial suffering, through dying for us on the cross, through taking the punishment for our sin, through reconciling us to God through his sacrifice, he has given us access to God that we experience through prayer. The very one teaching us here is the very one that made the way possible for us. Jesus secured our access to God. And if you're listening to this sermon today and you're not a Christian, please respond to the gospel call. The gospel call that Jesus Christ died for your sins. He took the punishment for your sin that you might not bear it, that you might be forgiven and freed, that you might be reconciled with the Holy Creator who made us all, that we can live in peace with God. You're not going to go to a God who is angry with you but one who's at peace with you because Christ has taken your sin upon him. So if you've, not, if you've not confessed your sin to the Lord and received his sacrifice, I'd encourage you to take that step so that these promises can be for you as well. And as we read in Hebrews 4, verse 16, then be able to with confidence come before the throne of grace to receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That's the promise and what Christ holds out for us. So as we look at 2021, as we look at, at how we want persistent prayer as is the command in this passage to more typify our lives, I'd like to suggest that we have a goal. I, I would like to suggest that our goal for 2021 be that we pray about everything. When the unexpected happens, pray. When confronted with the impossible, pray. When the news distresses you, pray. When fearful things happen, pray. When anxiety presses in, pray. When anger starts to control your heart, pray. When you want something, pray. When a friend calls you in need, pray. When finances are tight, pray. When any need comes, pray. And let the time between when you're aware of a need and you pray for that need let that time become shorter and shorter. May we pray about everything. As the word said, let's ask and keep on asking. 
Let's seek and keep on seeking. Let's knock and keep on knocking, for it is God who has invited us. It is God who has promised to answer our prayer, and it's God who answers with what is best for us. I'd like to conclude with this hymn from Fanny J. Crosby. She was a hymn writer in the 19th century. She says this in her hymn, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. You see, God has extended his invitation. He's promised to respond. And he will only give good gifts. So let's keep asking. This year, let's keep seeking. This year, let's keep knocking. Knowing our prayers will be heard and responded to by our all-powerful Heavenly Father. Please pray with me. Father, as we come in prayer, we're asking a great thing. Help us. Father, we can be too easily discouraged. We can be too easily found quitting as it relates to our prayer. But Lord, we come to you in prayer now. Your word commands us to be persistent in prayer, and you don't command anything where your grace doesn't supply. So Lord, we ask your grace this year. Help us individually and corporately to be more persistent in our prayer. Father, give us your grace to follow this scripture, to ask and keep on asking, to seek and keep on seeking, to knock and keep on knocking. Father, it's in your holy name we give thanks and pray. Amen.